You're listening to the Auburn Express. Powered by the War Report. All aboard the AM departure from platform 334, the Auburn Express. We're running on time and expecting no hiccups. Doing the work, hard work, to bring you the best Auburn sports content you'll find anywhere. We are going to get into our matchup today. If you guys did not know, it is the Tigers versus Tigers in Baton Rouge. Uh, let's take a look at the head-to-head. Auburn, 3-2, and two, head into LSU, number 22, 4-2 on the year because they have not had a bye week so far. Uh, this Saturday at 6 p.m. on ESPN. LSU currently favored by 11 points. The uh, ESPN uh, F- uh, Football Power Index has LSU at a 75.8 chance to win, 61 over under on this series record in favor of LSU, 24-32-1. and one. The last meeting, of course, was last year at Auburn, where LSU won 21-17 in a very disappointing outcome for us last year in a game. I still feel as if we should have won by all accounts. We were the better team on that field for the vast majority of that game, uh, but we're not able to pull it out. Um, pause. But just want to get into, <laughs> um, yeah, we effed up is what I'm saying. Um, so want to get into this matchup really quickly. Mm. Um, Auburn versus LSU. Uh, we'll start here with the Auburn offense versus the LSU defense. Stats here provided by Vintage2298. We appreciate them for being sponsors of the War Report as well. But let's start talking about the Auburn offense versus the LSU defense because this is really the big matchup, right? Like this is the one Auburn fans want to see. Has the Auburn offense during this bye week figured out how to be somewhat competent versus literally the worst defense in the conference. Not figuratively, not um, on paper, not, you know, somebody's random opinion. I mean, literally the worst defense so far through six games of the season in the conference. One of the worst defenses in all of college football in the FBS ranked outside the top 100 in Almost every statistical category you can imagine, LSU is below the top 100. Can Auburn and our literally the worst offense (laughs) in the conference so far this season figure out a way to be competent on the road at night in Death Valley versus LSU? Who wants to start that conversation? Uh, Okay, so... In SEC play, Auburn is averaging 15 points a game. Uh, <laughs> in SEC play. Um, yeah. If you want to throw in the other Power 5 team there, uh, there's another 14 points for you, so a little under 15 points a game. Yeah, still not quite 15. Yeah, but. against Power 5 teams, Auburn is averaging less than 15 points a game. Uh, that is disconcerting. Uh, we did we released a podcast uh, today uh, with our, our my girl Daily Daily Joy from the MGB podcast, the Mrs. War Genius podcast, and she 
very, very adamantly expressed if there were any game that Auburn's offense were going to get going in conference, this is the one. LSU fans are in arm, up in arms over how bad their defense is. Somehow they have t- taken one of the best defensive players in the country in Perkins and turned him into an absolute non-factor. It, I mean, <laughs> they are doing work to be the worst. They are trying. They are. They have set their goals low. They said, if you can go low, we can go lower than that on defense. This defense is bad, guys. It is really bad. They are last in the conference in scoring defense. They are last in rush defense. They are 13th in pass defense. And they are bottom of the league in overall yards allowed. Yeah, they're terrible. Wow. Man, I, you know, they, they're a little, they, I mean, they are causing turnovers, oddly enough in this, which I, th- I think is why they have a positive record right now. But <sighs> does he, can I don't, I'm not sure. I think when you are in a film, when you don't have an identity on one side of the ball, you create stars out of nothing on the other side of the ball. Mm-hmm. Right? And what do I mean by that? You know how you know it seemed like for a while, every time we played Georgia, whoever their best receiver is would have a career day against Auburn. I think that in this matchup, you don't want to see Perkins struggle all season and then they figure out how to use him in this one. Because make no mistake, they may not be good, but they still have five-star athletes there on that defense. They absolutely do. And they've been playing like two stars. They have, they have, you know, do they get up for this one? Well, it's a night game on the road. Man, I, I want to believe that they can get it, get it going. I do. Um, Hugh Freeze talked to this week about taking things out of the playbook that don't work, taking Mm -hmm. a look at your tendencies and trying to not be creatures of habit going into this one, Um, figuring out how to get the balls to the, the playmakers. And, you know, doing the doing things that work, hammering home the things that work. Well, what works? Seemingly the running game works. But if you're going to be one dimensional, I'm telling you, at the end of the game, it's going to catch up with you. This game to me is can Auburn pass the ball? Because I'm not sure. Listen, I believe Auburn's defense will be the best defense that they faced. But I'm not sure that I'm literally not sure Auburn can score enough in this game. To keep up with them, especially if we get if you know our offense turns the ball over or gives them a short field. You know, I, I think for this to be a successful day for Auburn, they've got to get somewhere north of 375 yards of total offense, and they need no turnovers in this one. I, I don't think Auburn can survive a single turnover in this game. I don't. That's how dangerous Jay Daniels is, right? If you're if you're going to turn the ball over, if you know if Auburn's going to win this game, I think it's going to be close. I think it's going to be close. So you can't afford to give them free points. You have to make them earn every single one. Hold them to field goals if you can't. If you do, but they need they need to save points in this game, and they need to do that by keeping LSU's offense off the field with their offense. <laughs> Run the ball, burn the clock, 
hold the ball, keep J- limit the amount of possessions that Jaden Daniels has to beat you. Which is, that's what Coach Free said was pretty right. much the strategy. It's like, we're going to choke the clock. Yeah, yeah, you have to. You have Keep to that guy on that. the sideline. Right? So here's what I would expect to see. I think that he knows, again, because he said it. These were his words. He was like, you know, teams in this league are not going to let you just do one thing. They're not. You're going to lose a lot of games that way. They've already lost two in league. They're only two in league right now. Because they can't do one, they, they can only do one thing. So I think this is the week. This is a week against one of the worst pass defenses that you try to get the pass going, similarly to what they did against Sanford. I would expect to see a short passing game used as an extension of the running game. It'd be nice. That's what I would expect to see in this one. I would expect to see them get the ball uh, out of Peyton Thorne's hands quickly because he will start this game. To Jay Fair, and I think Javarius might be back this week. He's been, I mean, he's been practicing a little bit, but he's still been bothered by his, he had an yeah. elbow injury that's been lingering for a couple of weeks now. Not 100% sure mm-hmm. whether or not VAR is going to be back, but um, could potentially play some snaps, yeah. Shane Hooks is underwhelmed. You need to find a way to get him the ball, and you need to find a way to get north of 200 passing yards in this game. You, you have to. You have to find, design something and get the ball. Peyton Thorne averaged <laughs> 30 attempts per game at Michigan State. At, at Michigan State. Yeah. yeah, he's averaging just under 20 here. Auburn simply just does not throw the ball enough to be successful in SEC play. They don't throw the ball enough. Right. And those passes are only being complete completed at like a 60% clip. So, you know, but that's what he was at Michigan State as well, too. He was about just a little north of 60%. Right. He was throwing for more yards because there was more volume. Correct. So you've got to find a way to find success on first and second down. So when he has to make those throws, it's not third and long. It's not low percentage third and long plays. He's had quite a bit of those, which is why his completion percentage to me is lower than it should be this year. Quite frankly, a third of the time they're asking him to throw the ball in obvious passing downs. Correct. That's not fair. That's not fair to him at all. If you're going to put him out there, he's got to be able to use his arm. And he's got to be able to do that north of 25 attempts a game. Seven pass attempts in the first half against Georgia and only 19 total for the game. And a majority of those came on the last two drives. Correct. When they were trying to save the game. Guys, there was zero chance that they were going to come back on that last drive against Georgia. There was no rhythm or flow to the offense for them to be able to pass the ball at a high enough clip to win that game at the end to make a comeback. So you have to find a way to get this going if you're going to find success the rest of the season in the passing game. You have to be able to do it because what you're putting on tape is no matter how bad we are, they can't pass the ball. So send the whole house at the running game and just don't let them beat you on the ground. If I were LSU, that's what I would do to this offense. I would make them prove that they can pass it. And then maybe if you do, you hit a few of those, you have an 80-yard drive for a touchdown, and they're like, crap, this is, we are bad, <laughs> and they're doing it to us. 
Now we have to play real defense. And everything opens up. Then you can maybe run the ball and, you know, run the clock down and, and keep Jaden Daniels on the sideline. That's what I see in this one. But there, but three, 358 yards of total offense is not going to get it. I'm telling you. Not unless somehow the defense turns LSU's offense over on their side of the field, and you've got short fields to work with for touchdowns. That's the only way I see them getting 358 yards of total offense, but yet somehow still scoring enough to win this win in this game. And all fair points. That's all. It's all for LSU. Listen, weirder things have happened in this rivalry. <laughs> so maybe that's the case. I'm not ruling that out completely. I just wouldn't count on it. Be Will, what you feeling? Auburn's offense versus their defense looks like they match the yellow color of their jerseys and uniforms. Should I say piss poor? What are you thinking? I mean, I, I can't argue with anything that Mike's saying. I'm I'm putting a lot more faith is the wrong word here. Faith is too strong a word for what I would have to put in this team. When I listen to Hugh Freeze talk at pressers, I always like hearing what he has to say, which I, I was very disappointed we didn't get to hear him right after the Monday after the Georgia game. Mm-hmm. When he's just watched film and they've gone over and they've met with players and he comes to talk to the press about exactly what he saw or didn't see or what the I coaches mean, He addressed said. some of that in this last one. He did, he did. But it had cooled off, you see. Like he, I mean, he did pretty thoroughly discuss it, but I, I, was I always say, like, I don't know. I, I listen, Coach Freeze. I don't know how cooled off he was because he was like, "Look, look, guys, I, I'm trying not to talk about this." But y'all keep. He's like, yeah. he, he, said, like he said that. He said that to JG about. Yeah, he was uh, like, "Look, man, I don't. The I don't question. Yeah, I don't really want to talk about this, but you're asking me, so I'm gonna answer the question. But, uh, but yeah, man, Coach Coach Freeze is a real Coach Freeze is a real one, bro. Like. I got to say this and I'm going to let you finish. I feel like I'm liking him more every week that I hear him talk and I hear him take his accountability for things. And I, I hear the passion behind him as a coach in this profession about, man, I, I don't know. I don't want to go home another night feeling like I let these guys down. Like we as coaches didn't do, I don't want to be having sleepless nights thinking about this again right now. Is he a perfect coach? By no means. Of course, I can sit here and talk about things I don't like about him. But I mean, I can talk say that about a bunch of different people in the world. I can say that about myself. I can talk about things I don't like about myself. But I like Coach Freeze, man. I'm sorry. I don't care if anybody doesn't like me liking him. You you have your own opinions of the man. I like him. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Yeah, and I like that he's honest when he answers those questions, though. It's not just coach speak. He he was trying to calm himself down. He was getting riled up about the opportunities they missed and what he thought they could have done in that game. But so there were two things that stuck out uh, very uh, a whole lot to me. And number one was that he took responsibility of understanding how to set the protections and, and protect themselves against what they, they saw coming at Georgia. 
I was worried and have been worried that Peyton Thorne was not up to the task to do that. So if you are telling me, Coach Hugh Freeze, that no, it's completely possible to fix what has been wrong with identification, setting protections, identifying coverage. If you can fix that, of course, that helps a lot. I mean, that's why at least a couple of our plays don't even get off every game in the passing game is because we we didn't prepare correctly from when we were at the line of scrimmage. So if you're telling me we fixed up a couple of those, hey, he said that there was a wide open touchdown if we had set protections correctly. So, okay. So you're telling me you saw opportunities to get us some points back on the board that you recognize can be fixed and we'll fix them. The other thing is that he said, what's not working, take it out of the game plan. Okay, so we're getting there. We talked about how they are suspiciously not throwing when they get to the red zone. That's not a good look. That's not a good look for your quarterback. That says, I don't trust you. I'm going to take... Especially when we have red zone targets, bro. We've got I thought we were past this after we had the game-winning touchdown to Fairweather in the Cal game. I was like, oh, we finally figured out we could throw the ball in the red zone. We got red zone targets. They went out there and they did it three times in a row versus Sanford. And they was like, see, this is why we don't do this. And they scrapped it. I was like, come on, man. Right. Right. So he says that they can fix this stuff. And some of that is we're not going to ask you to do stuff you're not equipped to do. I think some of this is Hugh Freeze and company realizing maybe you can't do everything we thought you could do, Peyton Thorne. So... Let's stop asking you to do it. We don't. We we may have had had expectations after we watched your tape, or after we talked to you, or watched film with you. But something obviously has to change because it's it's not quite clicking. So let's make this better for you. And I do think that's the mark of a good coach and good coaching staff. We've seen that plenty. Professional football, college football. A guy can look really poor here, look really good there, and it's all about how a coach, coaching staff and the system sets a guy up to succeed. So with his record of producing offense in college, I am riding with the idea that something will be better this week. The run game has not been bad in any game. Uh, well, we turned it over a lot of Cal, and that's why I didn't produce as many yards as it could have. However, the run game was phenomenal, okay, against two of the best defenses in our conference. I expect that to continue and not get worse. We are facing the worst defense in our conference. And, well, to part with Mike a little bit in this way, to say you can't, eventually somebody's going to stop you running the ball. Yeah, but this isn't that team, though. This is not the team that's just going to bow up and stop you running the ball. If they could do that, they would, but they can't. They would have done that against Ole Miss, but they couldn't. Yes, Somebody's going to stop you, but the, the team that can stop you from doing it was a team like Texas A&M or Georgia and looking at our schedule or Bama as far as run defense. But it ain't happened yet. So we two out of three, two out of three teams that have formidable run defenses, we've been able to still do what we want on the ground. I'm going to say that LSU will pose less of a threat. And honestly, a run game works way better um, than, than a pass game does when you travel anyway. It's hard to get the pass off because it takes some coordination. You have a lot of people yelling at you in the crowd. And you have protection's a big thing. Listen, I know what this run play is no matter what. I don't have to adjust for protection if this is a run play. I know exactly where I'm going. I'm an offensive lineman. I know who I'm mauling as soon as the ball is stepped. 
crowd noise has less to do with your run game, the success of your run game, and your pass game. Something is going to get better because of who Hugh Freeze is, who he has been, what his record says he has been. Something is going to get better. The question is, how much better and how much leeway does our defense give us to not be perfect? Like a perfect Auburn offense with these wide receivers and Peyton Thorne at the helm is not a 50-point-a-game offense. It's like a mid-30s-a-game offense. That's a per- We talk about no fumbles. We're talking about when the, when the ball is actually delivered on time, wide receivers are catching it, running backs are getting the extra yards that they get. Nobody turns the ball. We are a 35 to 37-point-a-game offense, perfectly played. Do we have to do that to win this game? Now, that's up to the defense. How close to that do we get, though? How close to a perfect game do we get? If we can't play it, playing for our conference lives and after an extra week to prepare for it? Yeah. I don't uh, I don't want to think about what that says if we can't at least play up to our current potential. We know we don't have all the best uh, wide receivers and we don't have the best quarterback. Yeah, 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 we get that. You can do something, though. Like, there's there's something you can do with what you have, especially after you've taken the time for things not to work. Okay, tweak it, make it work. What does that look like against this awful defense? I think it gets us across the 30-point margin. That's what I think. I think it gets us past the 30-point mark. I don't know what the defense is going to do for us, though. That's, that's the other question. Yeah, I mean, it's a fair question to ask, what can our defense do against such a potent offense? Listen, <clears throat> it's going to happen this week, guys. They're going to wake up this week and they're going to show me something in their ability to call a game plan that matches the personnel that we have out here. I will say this until I'm blue in the face. Regardless of what we feel about the execution of the previous game plan, I don't think that that game plan was the most optimal game plan for the personnel that we were deploying in various situations, whether it's third and short and we don't have our big body receivers on the outside to throw those 50-50 um, shots out there too, whether it is third and short and we take Robbie Ashford off of the field, which doesn't make a whole lot of sense, whether it's yeah. early in the game and we want to run Peyton Thorne instead of using the short passing game to be able to try to figure out how to loosen up the defense. I think that stops this week and they employ a strategy that makes sense and you see the execution get better because of that. I think that that's what's going to happen with a week off. They have gone in and I'm taking Coach Freeze at his word on the self-scout. We went and we looked at ourselves and we scouted. These are the things that we've done that have been poor tendency-wise. We've asked our coaches to go in and assess who can do this. Stop asking that guy to do that if that's not the best thing for him to do. Great. Put somebody else in or run a different play. That's all I've been asking for all season, man. Yeah, Put yeah. somebody else in or run something different, but stop asking guys to do things that they aren't the best at doing that thing. Again, we're in the red zone. We've got big guys out there. If we want to throw 50-50 balls, use it to one of them. Is that crazy? I don't right. think so. You're in a short-yarded situation, and you've been running the ball particularly well. Is it crazy to think this is a perfect time to have Robbie Ashford in the game? That doesn't sound crazy to me. Right. If you're in a situation where Robbie Ashford's in the game, is it crazy for him to actually throw it a couple of those times? That doesn't sound crazy to me. 
You've got guys that can do things. Put the ball in Jay Fair's hands in open space. Get him out on the outside and let him cut it up. We watched him in the Texas A&M game last year. Take a little quick screen and almost score on it. He has the ability to make plays in open space. Why have we not utilized that this entire season? I don't know. But it sure would make a lot of sense to do it in this game against one of the worst defenses in the nation. If they have a poor time tackling, use guys that are hard to tackle. And Brian Batty in open space. Really difficult dude to tackle. Let's get him in more of those situations more often in the game. It doesn't have to be rocket science. It just has to make sense. I'm not asking rocket science. I'm not asking them to change up the playbook. It's the same thing I said last year. I'm not asking them to reinvent their playbook. Run the stuff you already got in there. Flip, turn the page. There's something over there on page two that you hadn't checked out yet. Look at that right there. It's already there in the book. You know how I know? I've talked to players and I've heard them say that they practiced it. I know for a fact they practiced some of this stuff. So it's not as if I'm asking them to do things they aren't already practicing doing. Just write it on gang day. That's crazy. That's a crazy. This is a crazy thought. Run plays that you've practiced. I know nobody's ever heard of that before in football, <laughs> like running plays that you've practiced. This was a problem. Remember Schwartz talking about all the routes they ran in practice that they never ran in games? Yeah. And like when he went pro, they were like, but you don't know how to run these routes. He was like, actually, I do. We just yeah. never ran them in games for some reason. Right. Um, this this thing, whatever it is, between Montgomery and Hugh, maybe that was the biggest thing they needed to fix in the yeah. off week. Maybe right. during this off week, they've gotten on the same page yeah. about what we yeah. want to call in certain scenarios, how we want to do it. They've talked to um, Marcus Davis about how and when they're rotating certain guys into wide receivers. Maybe they're going to shorten the wide receiver rotation and say, all right, you know what? Number six through 10 in this room, Mm -hmm. Don't need to see the field very much because when we're not getting very much productivity out of them, let's make sure that one through five are are getting most of the snaps here and only pull a guy out of the game when he's tired, not just because we want to rotate. How about that? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I I just, again, it's, there's, there's easy fixes to this stuff. And again, none of this stuff includes benching Peyton Thorne. Let me be clear when I say that. Everything that I'm talking about can be done with Peyton Thorne Thorne with what he's shown already in this season. He hasn't shown himself to be ridiculously inaccurate. Again, the 60% stuff that he's done, a lot of that is under duress. Now, he has had some terrible throws in this season. The Texas Mm A&M game, he missed some stuff bad. And so I'm not excusing that away. I'm saying if you're going to play the young man, put him in positions to be successful. That's all I want you to do. Yeah, I just make him I just, do stuff that he can do. I just think sixty to sixty-three percent—that—that's who he is. That's who he's been for three straight. Years. And I'm, hey, but you right? know what? Yeah. I can take that if you up the volume. Yeah, and that's good enough to win because <laughs> we've seen quarterbacks win at that percentage here. Um, but the volume of throws is too low for to me for him to, to one find a rhythm and two be successful. I'm sorry. Like, I mean, B said it earlier. The only reason you don't let him throw the ball more in 20 games is because you don't trust him to throw the ball more than 20 times a game. So if that's the case, again, if you're only going to throw 20 passes 
and then try to run the ball and do all these other things, put the other quarterback in. But this game plan doesn't make any sense for why you brought Peyton Thorne here to begin with. You brought him to raise the floor in your passing game, and you have effectively lowered it. But it's not about Thorne. It's about what you're asking him to do. Right. Yo, me and Walt, we don't agree on this one. I keep saying, listen, man, this game plan sucks. Terrible. Well, if you execute, well, you know what? <laughs> your players are who they are. They don't, don't get in front of the media then and talk about all the guys you need to recruit to run your system. These are the guys you have now. These are the games you're playing now. Find something that they can do now. Oh, man, these, these kindergartners, they just don't get the, this algebra. <laughs> Bro, what? <laughs> Give them something they can do now <laughs> at this level. These kids didn't suddenly get to college and then all suck. We didn't hear anything about Shane Hooks being a bad receiver before he got here. You know, I mean, you know, and, 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 you know, these guys were supposed or were good. They were good in their own right where they were at. Peyton Thorne had a higher floor before he came to Auburn. You know, a lot of these kids, you know, uh, Jarquez Hunter, all these guys, man, I'm telling you, there's no way all of them are busts. Develop the kids that you have, and that will be your greatest recruiting tool. He can get that out of those guys. What do you think he's going to do with me? I'm already good. But they've got they've got to get. I hope that the bye week helped them get this fixed. Yeah, I hope so too. All right. There was a reason. Listen, he talked about the the uh, the coaches, the assistant coaches had a assignment to call every parent, right? To call every parent, and if there was something that couldn't be resolved on that call, the instruction was to forward the parent on to him so that he could talk to. Them. Now, there are some things I, I can't say, but I know a lot of what that feedback that was given to him, which is why we heard a change of tone in this week's presser. In terms of as a coaching staff, we take responsibility for this. You know, we've got to coach it better. If I'm a parent, man, week after week, I'm getting tired of sitting down there and it seemingly sounded like you're throwing my kid under the bus. Now, the truth is, they do have to execute better. That is a valid message. But you have yeah. to help them. But you have to help them. And again, that's what he said. He said, we got to put, yeah. put them in the right situations. We got. He said specifically about Peyton Thorne, if you give him the right toolbox, he can go out there and he can execute. Mm -hmm. So we got to put I, him in the right I, Yeah, I, I think that was the feedback that he got from a lot of people last week, was that this needs to be the message, right? You know, so that you can keep these kids motivated to play for you. <laughs> This season, we get it, man. You have to recruit. You do have to go out and get better players year after year. You're playing games now, though, and those recruiting classes aren't going to help you beat LSU this weekend. <laughs> so, you know, despite them talking about it, and, like, I wish the media would stop asking about recruiting in season. Who cares? <laughs> Unless you got a big commit. Right? And we're in a post-game presser. I don't want to hear about recruiting. <laughs> You have a game that's coming. So, you know, or if they're going to be big recruits in the house, sure. It, I just, to me, I, I think that this, I think they did some good reflection in this off week. They, I think they got some good feedback and the ability to be able to self-assess is something that will pay dividends down the road.
We talk about players needing to improve, but we very rarely talk about coaches needing to improve because usually when a coach needs to improve, somebody gets fired. (laughs) Somebody has to take responsibility for it and there's a firing, whether it's an assistant and if it's the head coach long enough, right? If your assistants underperform long enough, eventually they will make a decision about you. (laughs) So you're either going to hire them, right? (laughs) So you're either going to get rid of them, right? Or they're going to get rid of you. So I hope that they can keep this staff intact, figure out some things. You know, I, you know, I get it. It's year one. Um, but I did, in no way did I expect it to look worse offensively than it did last year. Yeah, I mean, I mean, it, I don't think anybody yeah. is under the illusion that this is not disappointing offensively. But yeah, hopefully yeah. this is going to be a game where they're able to get right and figure something out out here, man. But we're going to keep on trucking here and we're going to move and talk a little bit about the Auburn defense versus the LSU offense. All right. This is the way that you win football games on the road. Your defense and your run game is what's supposed to travel, they say. Can Auburn get it done? Mm. The good old NFL playoff football recipe. Something's got to give here, right? Like, yeah. The high-powered offense versus the stingy defense. I think the truth of this is somewhere in the middle. What kind of field is this defense going to have to defend? I think that ultimately is going to... Look, if if they're defending a long field most of the game, I like the under on LSU. I believe Auburn will force them into field goals rather than touchdowns. If you're giving them a short field to defend even half of the game, they're going to hit 45. So, um, I mean, this is this is tough. Can they create? I think Auburn needs on the road needs plus. They need to be plus three on turnovers. Plus three. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I think they need to get some picks, force a fumble. You know what I mean? You know, have a ghost fumble of some sort, a, a, a lucky turnover, and three force turnovers <laughs> in this one to give their offense a short field. Can the defense create offense? And so you're not, I mean, you can't give up their average and win. That's for damn sure. <laughs> you're not going to give up 548 yards of offense and win this game. No. I do not disagree with that. Yeah. So, yeah, you know, they would need to hold them under 450 and create turnovers. Create parity with turnovers. That's what's got to give here. Can't let them run the clock out on you, definitely, because you need more offensive possessions and not less. So forcing them off the field will be important. And then obviously the first downs, right? Like, you're not going to give up 28 for you. Got to give up their averages in this game, dude. You have to limit them. This will be the toughest offense defense that they faced. I I have faith in the Auburn secondary. Uh, the word is Jalen Simpson has practiced mm-hmm. and is on track to play. Mm-hmm. Um, they're going to need him. He has been a turnover machine, so he'll be a part of that. Getting a pick, a pick six, something. Even better if they a plus if they if they if they, they turn in points. Him. Yeah, they could turn in points. Um, as far as passing is concerned, I don't think Auburn gives up 337 yards to Jaden Daniels through the air, no matter what. No, I think they I hold him under that. 
Yeah, I, I mean, again, it's not something you could, you could, you're going to allow and win this game. So I'm I'm going to say 275 to 250 to 275 for Jaden Daniels. Still, still a good bit, but you know they can hold him under that, and zero way to get 210 yards rushing on Auburn. I don't think that happens either. But the score, but all that cannot happen, and that score can still be at 40 something possible if you're giving up a bunch of big plays but the drives yeah. in between are getting stifled um, yeah yeah or they've got short fields to work with right so there's not true. a ton yeah. of yards right and and they're getting in the end zone uh but time of possession you would like to see this closer to what it was at georgia almost five minutes means five less minutes that Jaden daniels has the ball in his hands choke that clock out baby. yeah man and the defense has a chance here. If they can listen, if they if they hit their averages, Auburn has a, a, a good chance. They have a really good chance. Meaning, if Auburn's defense holds them to what they've been, so the numbers, yeah, 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 the numbers that we're looking at here, of course, they'll be in this game. Almost no matter what they do offensively, this will be a game going into the fourth quarter. Uh, but the truth is somewhere in the middle. They're not going to hold them to 18 points, but they may not give up 44 either. I, I like this matchup. I think this will be a good test of where your defense is actually at. Yeah. But, but I believe that they're good. They are really good. Don't disagree. Be will. What you feeling, baby? What you feeling? I think Jaden Daniels is the best player in the country. Mm. I think he should be the front runner for the Heisman. Because mm. he's actually playing teams that can defensively fight back a little bit. You mean mm. the Pac-12 and all of their 5,000-yard passers shouldn't be front runners for the Heisman? What? No. no. What? I, I watched a team at Mizzou. It was entirely Jaden Daniels. Whether it was him throwing the ball, him making the right decision to run, him running for 20 30 yards, getting hurt, coming back in the game, and playing as if he wasn't hurt. He's th- he's that guy. He's that guy. When it was Burrow in them, it was actually in them too. It was Justin Jefferson and it was um, Jamar Chase. Like, this looks like... I know Neighbors is there. Neighbors is a good uh, receiver. And I think Robinson's the other guy. All of this Thomas. looks like... Oh, Thomas, excuse me, Thomas. It all looks like everybody's just waiting for Jaden Daniels to turn the key so they can go. Having a quarterback that, I mean, he's so accurate throwing downfield. He looks effortless running the ball. When he decides to to break out of the pocket, like he's not making these overzealous, oh, I got to go right now. He's not. He's not panicking. If he gets sacked, he gets sacked. And he doesn't make a terrible decision when he gets sacked. Or when he feels the pressure, he just goes down, he gets up, and then he makes another killer play. I haven't seen this type of calm, under control quarterback play. I mean, Burrow did do it. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to think of the last time I saw somebody play quarterback this well. It's been a, Burrow was probably the last person I saw. So I am encouraged by the fact that we do have the best defense they would have seen all season. We definitely do. We saw what it looked like when we were able to execute an excellent defensive game plan in 2019 to stifle what actually was the best 
college football offense to date at that point in time. I I don't think we have that type of impact on the game, hold them that far below their average because we don't have a difference maker that is egregiously so much better than everybody else, the way Derrick Brown was so much better than the competition that he faced that season. And of course, I, I neglect to say it from time to time, but also Marlon Davidson was a, a bear on that defensive line. Like the, mm-hmm. those two together were just, we don't have that type of advantage on the defensive line. If our sec, if you tell me if our secondary is completely healthy, then oh, buddy, I think that changes a lot. Um, but Keontae Scott is not going to play. He's still out. He's still a ways from being back, according to Coach Freeze. Jalen Simpson's a little dinged up. Um, I, I assume that DK is okay. He did play, you know, um, last game. Hopefully, the, the bye is helpful for these guys. But I, I just don't know, man. I just don't know. I, I want a surprise. I want a they didn't score more than 31 points type thing. Like that would be an incredible. I mean, so that, that's the question I have. What's the magic number for you guys? Listen, if 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 the, the offense can get it together, of course this changes, but what is the number where you think this is the absolute most this defense can surrender and we even have a prayer? 28. Thirty-one, so four touchdowns at the absolute mm, most. Yeah, I, I think once you get into the thirties, it's going to be really, really difficult with the offense that you have, unless the defense is going to give you some points. So um, you don't ever want to bank on that. It's nice when it happens, but you're not. Right. That's not those are the points that you count on the board before the game. So that you know you're on the road. I just think you hold them to twenty-eight. You've got a shot. I think it's low 30s. It's low 30s because their defense is awful. And I don't ever want to lose sight of what we've seen from our offense is based on us playing quality Power 5 defenses. Even right. Cal's defense is not as bad as LSU's defense. Like, that's, no, Cal, that's listen, saying something. By the numbers, Cal's defense is in the, the top portion of the country, right? Like, they are they are in some statistical categories, like in the top 10, 15 in the country. Um, right. You know, and that's saying something considering they're playing in the the wild west out there where nobody plays defense so if they're able to still not have ridiculous numbers with all those offenses going crazy they've got a decent defense right again we helped those numbers a little bit by what we did when we went out there and played them yeah but um decent defense for sure yeah and and i some of that is going to be working in our favor so if we're counting on our defense to get them off the field. I think the red zone would be the only place you can really stifle them somewhat. I think they're going to be pretty much move between the 20s at will. I think long long drives are less worrisome to me because I think they're going to get to they're going to get to the red zone. Okay. Now, can you bow up? Can we get some some field goals here? Actually, unless you missed a critical field goal late in that game against Missouri, I was watching that. I was like, "Dang," cuz I had, of course I had picked LSU to win that game and I was like, "Dang it. They're going to lose." Because he missed that kick. And then, of course, you know, it works out for him in the end. But I don't know if their, their kick game is solid. I know that they find the end zone very easily. Will we be the first team that offers some resistance once we get the 20? Because they can spread you out. That's why they can hurt you. Well, so Florida State did. And that, I mean, so Florida State and Arkansas, that was really the reason why, uh, in my opinion, Florida State won that game is was they were able to get red zone stops. And why that Arkansas game was so close is because they were able to force field goals on a couple of drives, right? right. Keeping right. them out of the end zone, let, let them kick field goals. That's fine. Keep yourself mm-hmm. within striking distance. And hopefully, again, your offense can go out there and and turn the corner. Um, 
But yeah, man, I, I'm I'm I think I'm with Mike G. I don't think I want to see this game get into the 30s. Uh, yeah, I think we got to keep them below 30 in order for us to have a shot. And I mean, of course, ideally, ideally, you want to keep it much less than that. But if I think if it gets yeah. into the 30s, you're asking a lot from an offense that has not produced that at the Power Five level so far, right? Like, unless we're going to go out there and be UMass and Samford on offense all of a sudden versus a team that has performed like UMass and Samford on defense, then it's asking a lot of your offense. Because again, LSU may be bad, but they are more talented than Sanford and UMass right. ever were. Right. They just are. Um, yeah. So I think it's asking a lot of your offense to produce that level of uh, productivity in this game. Um, not impossible. Again, I'm not discounting how terrible LSU is on defense and LSU fans that want to change the conversation from how bad your defense is. You got to look those numbers square in the face. I know we got to look our offensive numbers in the face, but y'all get y'all can't ignore them defensive numbers, bro. It's pretty bad. They're mm-hmm. they're 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 very bad. Like and like again, they are that is, right game. that's all season, right? That's including your non P five games. Like if we just want to talk what you've done in Power Five contests, then we're talking about abysmal, right? So again, I get it. Our offense isn't good. It hasn't looked good to this point. I think we've seen signs that this offense can potentially get on track. I don't know that they've seen signs outside of a couple of drives versus Missouri that their defense can. Right. Yeah. They yeah. may get some turnovers, but like I don't but, think they're again, shutting anybody down. I'm yeah, talking right. about like the score doesn't say it, but even in the Grambling game, Grambling was able to move the ball against this LSU defense. Yeah. Mississippi State's the only team that looked pathetic against LSU. Mm. Everybody else has been able to move the ball against this team. I don't want to be the Mississippi State on their schedule this week. Yeah. And to what for what it's worth, he did say, uh, Coach Free said, you know, we, we've run the ball pretty well to this point in the season. You know, we, we might have to find some more ways to do that or different ways. I can't remember exactly how he worded it. I was really hoping it's like, so we are we are we pivoting here? Now we none of us thought, hey, they're gonna just scrap what they've got with Peyton Thorne so far and go to Robbie and then just do this in the 2022 thing. We knew that wasn't going to be the case, but that doesn't mean that you don't get a lot more deliberate and a lot more creative with just the run game. Like, of course, you can still have Peyton Thorne out there to take advantage when, when they start trying to stop the run and when they really lean and get close to the line of scrimmage. Sure, you should have some really easy matchups because you should be able to take what you want on the ground. If Brian Batte can line up, and get five yards every time he touches the ball, like from the second quarter on. I don't know what his exact average, but it really felt like he was getting what he wanted against the University of Georgia's defense. Buddy, what L- I haven't seen anything from LSU that says that they can put up that t- any any kind of resistance right. against our run game. Right now, I, I'm, we know we don't want it to have to look like Army Air Force, but am I if I'm, am I mad if it looks like Army Air Force and they can't get us off the field? No. Listen, bro, no, I, I'll take a couple of 11, 12 play drives that end in touchdowns in this game. I would love those. I don't I don't want to see quick strike anything from six, us. Six, seven minutes off the clock in a, in a quarter. I'd love it. Mm. I LSU, see LSU only touching the ball like six or seven times in the game, only getting six or seven drives, and we're able to get two or three stops in that. That's ideal. 
Yeah. Because we've absolutely just mushed them down the field multiple times. Love to see it. You know Love what? I'd to like to it. get up two scores and try to get an onside kick. Really don't want you to get the ball. It's <laughs> just like no matter score, what. Not, like, I know we're winning, but you You're can't have the ball back. back. Nah. You too, you mm. too good. You too we're good. Playing, we're playing make like, it, oh, take it, bro. We that's <laughs> the ultimate respect. That's the ultimate sure, respect. I cannot give you this ball back. The Saints for against the uh the Colts in that Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Alabama had to do it against Deshaun Watson the first time they saw Clemson. They were like, nah, buddy, I can't give you this ball back because you, you're going to do what you do. Yeah. So let me just keep it. I think we got to keep it, man. We got to possess, possess, possess. Man.